Welcome to Orpini. This is Saratova Best. We are preparing for Gimel Tamos, and the topic is transforming, um, resetting the nature of nature. And that is what happened then. That's what's happening now. We understand that um, if we, so far as if we're dividing the year, this year, Tufshin Pei, into quadrants, then the first quadrant was insane with feeling of being unsafe, God forbid, on the streets or in, in places of worship, getting feeling unsafe. That was the first quadrant of the year, and then Purim brought with it the virus. That's its whole other quadrant. We're not going to bother commenting on it. And then right after Shavuos, um, the chaos, which is the quadrant we're in, they're not equally divided quadrants. And we're not going to comment on this one just because there's so much to say. And then my theory, my instinct, is that Good Days, Tamils, and On is going to be the fourth quadrant of the year, which will be something entirely different. So we are, and being that it's Tufshin Pei, we've heard many times from Rabbi Wolf about that once we enter Tufshin Pei, we've entered the, uh, we've entered the eighth. We were in the years 770, you know, Tufshin Ayin. Five seven seven zero, five seven seven one, five seven seven two. The years of seven, and now touch and pay fifty seven eighty. Now we've reached the eight level. So we were warning that at the beginning of the year it's going to be a wild roller coaster ride because it's a mono, it's a Menaira year essentially. The Menaira of Hanukkah versus the Menaira of the rate of the base Hamidrash. The Menaira of the base Hamidrash was seven. We all know this. And the Menaira of Hanukkah was eight. And it's, you know, I don't have to go into now the miraculous nature of eight. That it's something not just holy but beyond the regular. But if you think about it, it means that everything is going to be reset. All pieces of nature, nature being fixed, you know, the nature is the world is fixed. And yet it's also seven because... Shabbos means you take all of nature and you make it holy. So you could say that six and seven are nature. And then eight is taking that nature, not just making it holy, but taking it to an entirely different level. That is what we are going through this year. Not just making nature holy, not just making time holy, holy, but going through an entirely different level. Everybody knows the stories of Gimel Tamuz, that the previous Rebbe, um, when he was released from prison, he could have left and he refused to leave. Everybody knows this. He refused to leave he refused because he found out. He asked if he would be on the train on Shabbos. I guess he was released on Thursday. And they said, yes, he would be on the train. So he refused to go on the train. And, and instead um, stayed until Sunday, which meant they could change their minds. We know that. They could have changed their minds and decided, well, then never mind. He can just stay completely. And so, and I believe that Sunday was Gimel Tamos. Uh, if, I, if I have it right, I guess I have to look up the date. And, and the previous Rebbe said quite an unbelievable mimer when he met everybody at the train station when he was on his way to Kostroma. But here we, we can say that Possibly through all of this, through that first Gimel Tamil's vast experience, it, it, it sanctified, the Friedrich Rebbe sanctified time dealing with a weekday, you know, the stuff you do during the week, persons imprisoned, persons imprisoned in the weekday energy. And then we elevated on Shabbos. And here the previous Rebbe came face to face with the imprisonment of the weekday stuff. What's the imprisonment of the weekday stuff? Just like the previous rebel was in jail, we are in jail. He was in jail and he came out on a weekday. He was released on a weekday. We're always in jail in this physical world. Because in this physical world, it's so easy to to not notice that the, the divine spark inside each and everything. It's so easy. That's called being in jail. That's called, oh boy, what part of God's inside of everything did I forget? What kind of part of Ain Advil Nevada did I forget? If it's that easy to forget, this is not a very great place to be. I'm kind of imprisoned in this world. In this world of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and half of Friday. In that world, 
one third of a prison uh, imprisoned in it. It 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 it's it it it's uh, what's the word uh, brainwashed me into thinking that what it's spitting out at me is actually true, and I'm buying it. What in the world is going on? So here in the midst of this weekday world. The previous Rebbe is granted back his life. He's told he's free to go. He's free to leave prison. In this weekday kind of situation, the kind, the sixth thing, it's a Thursday. It's a sixth kind of a day. It's not seven. Shabbos is seven. It's a sixth day. It's a Thursday. And he says, no, I won't go. I will instead, I will not desecrate Shabbos. He, essentially, we can imagine the previous Rebbe is saying everything that he accomplished in those days, in those weeks in prison, were for the purpose of elevating and sanctifying time and place. So, what's the point of then that? In probably, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know what went through the previous Rebbe's mind, but probably, if I don't bring this all up to the next level, what did I do it for? So at that moment, and of course we know that the previous Rebbe is not going to go, going to be willing to go in um, on a train on Shabbos. I mean, come on, obviously. And so we understand that something huge was elevated about the whole imprisonment of the week world, of, of the work world, of the six days of, of the regular old six days of the week thing was all elevated in those moments when the previous Rebbe refused to go uh, to leave prison. He said, I'll stay in prison longer until Sunday, but I won't desecrate Shabbos. Because I, I'm in prison to elevate prison till it's no longer a prison. So if I go out of prison and then I just, I think, and then I desecrate Shabbos, then I didn't elevate the prison. So what did I go to prison for? So I'll stay in prison longer until I can elevate it, take it through one more Shabbos. You know, I wonder sometimes, is it that the, the previous Rebbe said, I, just, I won't travel on Shabbos, on Gimel Tammuz, connected to Gimel Tammuz, or my prison experience, maybe, I'm just pontificating and I'm just thinking of this thought. This is my um, hypothesis. Um, maybe the previous Rebbe is also implying this prison that we're all in needs one more Shabbos to elevate it. You know, like, why does... Every baby boy that's born, every Jewish baby boy, will always go through one Shabbos before his birth. That's why it's on the eighth day. By definition, if you're a little baby boy, before you have your bris, you have to have gone eight count, do the math. Before you have your bris, you have to have gone through one Shabbos. Otherwise, you can't earn your visa. You, you don't have what it takes to be able to have that bris. You need to be on a certain level to have the bris. You have to have gone through Shabbos if you're a baby boy. So maybe the Friedrich Rebbe is saying to us, the previous Rebbe, this prison experience needs now one more Shabbos to elevate the whole thing for the world because Yud Beis Thomas, I'm going to be coming out and I'm going to declare a reality that I'm not the only one who is redeemed on Yud Beis Thomas. The entire world is redeemed. And every Jew, and every Jew who loves Tyra, and every Jew who doesn't know about Tyra, and every Jew who he only has the name Jew, everything and everybody is redeemed and elevated on your day's Tammuz. So maybe, he's saying, we need one more Shabbos in this imprisonment to break the locks on the imprisonment of the world in which we are, which we are subject to what has happened, I'm going to jump, has happened into America, in the past couple of years, half of America has been hypnotized. You can see it. They've been hypnotized by a certain philosophy that makes no sense, is looney tunes as, as anything, sounds good if you say the rhetoric, but when you talk to the people, you see, I'm just saying, I'm jumping to America and I'm ju- going to jump back. In America, you see, you can talk to people of a certain mindset, and there, you cannot have an, you cannot have a, um, an open discussion. They cannot say, I hear your point, but I disagree for this reason. It's just, you, if anybody who has seen people who have been hypnotized or in cults, it's what, half of America is in a cult 
where there's no clear thinking. We just, you know, whatever it is, let's defund the police and we'll only have social workers and it'll all work. Uh, who brainwashed you to thinking, you know, what part of we're not quite ready for that did you not get? So I'm saying that idea, why am I talking about America now? I'm saying that idea of how do you get brainwashed? When you are in the physical world, the everyday world, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday world, you get brainwashed into thinking that that is reality. You really get brainwashed into it. Gimel Tunnels came along to unbrainwash us from that, and we still need, we clearly need more work this Gimel Tunnels, or the world needs it because the world is you know, now in a more subtle level of brainwashing. But that brainwashing of the world says, what you see is what you have. I go to Walmart and I buy school supplies for next year. And I can, and I go to pay for them. And I can actually feel and believe that there's nothing more to this. It's just school supplies and they're on sale. And that's the whole story. There isn't any more to the story. Why did you go to Walmart? Because they had all the notebooks were 10 for a dollar. That's why I went. Sure? Think again. That's why I went. Think again. Did you go there because you have a holy mission? You have sparks that you need to come into contact with? No, not, not really. I went there because the notebooks are 10 for a dollar. Or now they have sunscreen at Walmart. They have, at Rite Aid, they have sunscreen on sale, you know, buy one, get four free. That's why I went to Rite Aid. You sure? Did you not go there because you have a mission? Somehow your soul-body connection needs to be in that place at that moment because you have a holy mission? No, not, not, not really, to tell you the truth. You know, did you ever think of that? No, I, I didn't really think of that. Good, perfect. You just proved that you've been hypnotized by the world. The world has us convinced that the, the reason they went to write it is because they have sunscreen on sale. The end. There's nothing else. That's the hypnotic quality of the world. Comes along Gimel Thomas and says, bust it open. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a total lie. We have to reset all of nature. Nature does a good job of pretending that that's all there is. And it's a lie. So, so here we're, we're, we're saying, with this Gimel Thomas of, of the previous Rebbe, he's not going to travel on Shabbos. He's not, he's not going to go there. Right? He's not going to travel on Shabbos. He's, he's going to elevate all of his experience of imprisonment to one more Shabbos. So, Sorry, and we were saying yesterday that um, the original Gimel Tamos is the template for what Gimel Tamos is. Yeshua holds his hands up. He makes the sun stand still. He stops all of nature. All of the flow to nature, he stops. And he makes it stand still. Why? Because, and remember, the same nature that has, that makes sure that sunscreen is on sale. Same nature. When he's holding up, when Yahushua, in the early, early days, as we're entering the land of Israel, the whole Jewish people, bar none, every single Jew is there. We're going back now in history. Gimel Thomas. Every single Jew is there. Bar none. No one's left out. There isn't any Jew alive who isn't there with Yahushua. The only ones who aren't there are the ones who will be born, weren't you know, aren't born yet, etc. But every living Jew is there. And we're fighting the battle, doing what we need to do to to rightfully take our land of the land of Israel. Which changes everything. That is the whole purpose of everything. Once we take it, then all of a sudden we look back and we find out, oh my goodness, this is not just about us taking the land of Israel. This is about us making the whole, the whole world into the land of Israel, which is, by the way, where we're up to now. What are we here to do now? Same thing as Yahushua. Here we are again, folks, with Yahushua entering the land. 
He was entering the land with the whole Jewish people. They were fighting the war to conquer, so to speak, or retake the land and settle it. And here we are again. The whole Jewish people with Yeshua fighting the war to retake the world, the land, but this time the land is called the world. It's just a bigger land. It's a stretched out land of Israel filling the whole world. And here we are again, same time, same station, facing Gimel Tamos, and what's going to happen? We're here to, to take over the world. For what? For whom? For God, for Hashem. For what purpose? To reveal, dear B'tachanim, for the, revealing the reality that ain't Odmovagai. There's nothing but God. So, we're doing it all over again. This is the more sophisticated level of Gimel Tammuz. Thank God, Gimel Tammuz happened all those, what, what year was it? Probably 2488. So, however many years it is since then, do the math, 5780 minus 2488. And here we are again, and we're doing it. And the whole battle, the whole piece of succeeding in taking over the land or taking over the, the world, it all hinges on how we deal with nature. At this moment, a little challenge comes along in the time of Yeshua. Oh, the people living in the land of Canaan, it's their turf. They know the territory very well. We've never been there before. We don't really know the territory. It's getting dark. They can fight in the dark because they know this place in their sleep. We do not know this place in their in the sleep. We do not know the territory of the land of Canaan in our sleep. They do. They will win. We will lose. Hmm. So that's not the master plan. We need to win. What should we do? I know, says Yeshua, we'll just make the sun stand still. Makes the sun stand still, and we have more daylight hours. But that's not, it's not just because we, there were many, many other things that could have been done. Like, you know, those little flashlights. <laughs> there could have been a big distribution of those little flashlights that you wear on your forehead, and, you know, the people who come in the, working in the middle, of the, no, the middle of the night in the manholes, they have those little flashlights on their head, and they can see. You don't need to make the whole sun stand still. Make the whole world crazy, just so you'll be able to see. There are many solutions that could have happened when Yeshua had this problem. Oh no, it's going to be dark. We're fighting. It's a crucial battle. We need to be able to see. We could have had the flashlight, or we could have had the light that we had when we were in the triumph, not so long before, 40 days before. Laihudim haisa earth. You know, we had when the plague of darkness happened in Egypt in the trine 40 years before, everybody was in the dark. The Jewish people could see everything. Well, done it once before. We could have it again. That was easy. Hashem, you know that app that you had? God, you know that app that you had that you gave us vision, nice vision when nobody else had it? Could you just give us the app again and just install it in our phones? Boom, we can see. That one could have done worked. Or another one is, we could have, the battle could have moved over to open terrain where everybody could see. Or, lots of solutions. Or, all of these are things that happened before or happened later. The enemy could have suddenly been scared and run away. Or, there's just lots of ways if God wants us to conquer the land, you don't have to make such a big show with Yahushua making the sun stand still. There's just so much (laughs) easier more energy-efficient ways of this working so that we are able to fight our battle to, to conquer the land of Israel. Come on. Why do you have to make such a show? So clearly it was much more than that. We were at a moment when the nature of nature was being transformed from the sixth to the seventh and maybe even the eighth. The nature of nature, which was 
Hi, I'm nature. I conceal God. When you look at me, you will never have any feeling about God. That's called, if you're nature, you're doing a good job. Imagine that, you know, you have a camp skit. Guy in Israel. Every week, we, we, they have the, the play at the end of the year. So I have the part of playing, I'm the forces of nature. And then she, you know, and he is uh, Shabbos. I'm the days of the week. And he's Shabbos. And he's Hanukkah, whatever. So what do I do? If I'm, I got the job in this play, I'm the days of the week. So I say, okay, what do I have to do? They say, your job playing this part of the days of the week, regular everyday nature, is to convince everybody that there's no God. So that's what I have to do. They say, yeah. Why do I have to do that? They say, that's what nature does. That's what nature does? Yeah. That's why nature was created? Yeah. No other reason? Yeah, there are probably other reasons. But one of the big reasons that nature was created through the name Elohim is to conceal godliness. That's real fancy words. What does that mean? To convince the regular man on the street that there's no such thing as God. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so if I'm going to play my part in this play, as I I am the forces, and I am the days of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, my job is to convince everybody that I come in contact with that there's no God. Which means, like, I see a person in Walmart, and they're saying, uh, gee, maybe there's something holy about buying these pens. And I say, no, 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 no. They're pens. Don't make, there's nothing holy about pens. They're pens, okay? You're here to buy pens and to pay for them. Don't make this into a whole mistake thing. They're pens. That's it. You're in a store. You're in, you're, you're in, you're going to the store. My job is to convince everybody. Why am I, why are you going to write a, Oh, maybe I have a shlukas there. Don't talk to me about shlukas. My job is on the laws of nature. Is to say, don't talk to me about shlukas, shliyas, nonsense. What are you, some spiritual woo-woo? You're there to buy. You're at Walmart. You're, sorry, you're at Rite Aid because there's sunscreen on sale. Nothing more, nothing less. Don't make this into a whole holy experience. That, if I am the, 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 the world of nature, that is my job. If I do that job well and I convince everybody, hey, hey, folks, hi, how you doing out there? You know, there's no God. They're like, yeah, job well done. That is called, I have succeeded. If I am the laws of nature and I have succeeded in convincing every, I see that there is. That's like the Greeks. You know, we would say, in the time of the Greeks, we would say, I know, but there's, when we learn, they would say, learn Torah and get information about how to live a good life. And we said, you know, but there's, a, there's, some, there's God in there. They said, no, no, no. No. There's no God in there. Very clear. Just like the laws of nature. Wherever I go, if I'm the laws of nature, I have to make sure to convince everybody. If you were thinking that there's a God, get it out of your head. You're wrong. So I did a good job. But like, it's called being a Democrat. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the Democrats. It's called being the Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now, so Yahushua comes along and says, um, Hashem, we, one second, we know you exist, and we know you're everything, Enod Movadai, and these laws of nature, the everyday world, is working very hard to convince everybody that you don't exist. And God says, yeah, I, I, I know, I, I, I made the system that way. Well, okay, how are we going to, you know, but we know the truth is nothing but you, God. So you're letting the laws of nature convince everybody that you don't exist, you know. How's that one going to work? And God says, stand back and watch the show. You'll see. My truth will, it's going to break through. I created the concealment and watch the truth of me break through the very concealment that I created. Watch this. The laws of nature are going to feel like my enemies, look like my enemies, says God. They're going to convince everybody there's no God. And then we're going to flip the whole thing. And the same laws of nature 
are going to reveal the truth about me, and it's going to be magnificent. Sit back and watch the show. So Yeshua says, okay, when are you going to do that? And God says, Jimmel Thomas, okay, what do I have to do? Okay, sounds very, this is cool. <laughs> sounds quite, um, wow. Okay, God, you're going to flip the whole thing. Okay, you're going to flip the laws of nature. They're going to stop concealing you, and they're going to start revealing you. They're, they're going to start singing your praises. And you're going to do it on Gimel Thomas. One shot, so God says, no, 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 no. Many, in many, many stages throughout history. But it's really going to start a big part. I mean, there is there are lots of parts of it, but one big chunk of it will be on Gimel Thomas. And Gimel Thomas will be forever a day when this this is what it's going to do. It's going to bust open the laws of nature that say that there's no God, and they're going to start to say there's nothing but God. It's going to switch the frequency on nature. It's going to, Gimel Thomas is going to transform the nature of nature. So Yeshua says, okay, I'm, give me a job. I'm, re- I'm, this is pretty amazing. It's going to be pretty amazing to watch. Anything that I have to do? And God says, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I guess they have a little meeting. And so Gimel Thomas comes along. 24, the year 2488. And there we're standing there. And Yeshua lifts up his hands and makes the sun stand still. Not just the sun, the sun, the moon, and the stars. The whole thing stands still. At that moment. Why? That's the upgrade that's happening. It only happens for a few hours. It's not like after that, wow, Gaula. It's a several, how many hours it was that, that it happened. It's a, it's, it's, it's a several hours of, of, of making all of nature stand still. And incidentally, that's why the flow to the nations stopped. Because they get their flow through the, the sun and the moon and the stars. The flow to the nations stopped. So it, it's kind of like, um, the plug was pulled on the power of nature to deny God. The plug was pulled out. And for a few hours, it was plugged into the right socket. Ain't no other. And then it was pulled out again. This was not, it's not like Gimel Tamil then. Totally transformed nature. And since then, we have the Gaula and everything's fine. And we all live happily ever after. It was a short, pull the plug, put it, plug the, plug the plug into truth, and then unplug it again. That was Gimel Thomas then. And the way we had to do it was continue to fight the war. Yeshua made this, all the constellations stand still. Was rather asked the question, was it, in, was it that the, just the sun stopped and the moon and the stars and everything continued, or was it that everything stopped? And the Rebbe concludes, it looks like everything stopped. All of nature stopped. Well, essentially, as we said, pulled the plug. And we were told during that time, fight the war. It wasn't like everybody just sat in deep meditation. No. It was so natural I bet that nobody even noticed it. We now know, because it says there was no miracle like that before or after. We know that now. But um, I bet that nobody except for Yahushua knew what was going on. Just picture it. And the second, I just, I want to remember, I want to bring it to what we're, you know, where we're up to in life today on the streets. But just picture that in the time of Yahushua. So, okay. There was a question, was it Shabbos, was it not Shabbos? Let's say, whatever day it was. So, again, it's 9 o'clock at night. 
normally it's supposed to get dark. We're getting, we're the army. We're getting a little panicky, you know, with the tough battle. We're fighting with all of our weapons. We're fighting a natural battle. And then it's starting to get dark. And then somehow it just doesn't get dark. Let me ask you a question. You're in the middle of this heavy hand-to-hand combat battle. You think you're thinking, oh, wow, amazing. It's still light. I don't know. You know, we don't know if everybody saw Yeshua standing there. We don't know if, I guess I would have to look it up. Was it this cataclysmic event in which, like, like you know, the, the movie, The Ten Commandments, you know, was it as cataclysmic as when Maish Rabbeinu held his hands up, you know, put a stick over the, 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 the Red Sea, the Yamsuk, and ah, the, the, the sea parted? Probably not. Because we have to realize also, things happen so quickly, and you're so busy, what time to notice? What time to notice? You're, you're fighting the war, and so it could be that it was a quiet little thing. Nobody really, the only way we know, perhaps, if I had been there, if we had been there, we may not have seen Yoshua standing up. Shemesh, Bidgibon, Dome. I don't know that anybody saw that happening. It was probably as quiet as all the stories we hear about Tzadikim when they wanted the moon to come out for Kiddush Levana. They would wave a handkerchief in front of the moon and all of a sudden it would come out. Very, very subtle. And with the Rebbe, it was way more subtle. No, handker- no waving of a handkerchief. That's already too showy. When the Rebbe would do it, it would be something very subtle, like the Rebbe comes out, looks at the moon, can't see the moon, the Rebbe walks in, to his room, come and the moon comes out, <laughs> and the other comes out and ventures kids on Very subtle, very you know, like very cool, very subtle. You don't even know. Probably, it was not a hugely cataclysmic event with Yeshua. He probably held his hands up, spoke to the sun, stopped, moon stopped, sun stopped, constellation stopped, nature stopped, and everybody's busy with the war and uh, they're fighting the war. And then afterwards, they think. Wow, what time did it get dark last night? I don't remember it getting dark. Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. Huh. Wow, that was kind of miraculous. I don't know. I'm so tired from the war, I have to go to sleep. That's probably the way it happened. I bet you no one noticed. I bet you no one, of all the things, wow, like, I bet you no one noticed. And what was happening when possibly nobody noticed is, Yeshua is resetting nature. He's pulling out the plug. The plug of nature is, which socket is nature plugged into? A socket that says, world of lies. That's the name of the socket in the wall. There's a plug plugged into a socket called the world of lies. The world, Amadashikra. What's a lie? There's no God. There's no God. That's the socket. Good. Now, there's another socket that says the world is truth, which normally people have to leave the world, you know, after 120, the world is truth. There's another socket called the world is truth. So what Yahushua did in those hours when he, he stopped the sun and the moon, the nature, he pulled the plug out. He had nature plug, plugged into the world of life. Good God, come on. He pulled it out. And he plugged it into the world of truth. There's nothing but God. And that's what was going on for those few hours. And of course, in the world of truth, what is our relationship with, with, sorry, let me, let me backtrack for a second to explain it. You know, if there's a sale on at, uh, I don't know, Saks Fifth Avenue, and anything that you buy in those three hours is a dollar. And they have some things that are, you know, their 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 purses, their handbags cost, you know, seven hundred dollars easily. It's nothing, you know. A pair of boots is a right. Can you imagine? There's a sale for three hours. Anything you buy, whatever you can put your hands on, is a dollar. Recently, we had a situation where. Some people on the street felt like, why should I, why should, there was a sale. Anything they put their hands on was for free. They were, 
some had to, had permission from our government to just walk into stores and whatever they put on it. Whatever they touched with their hands, they were allowed to take home. It was free. It was free. <laughs> okay. But a sale where anything in those three hours, anything you put your hands on, it cost you a dollar. Wow. You uh, do as much as you can in those three hours. Okay. Well, now let's go back to Yeshua. A few hours where he pulled the plug out from nature. It was plugged into the world of lies. He plugged it into the world of truth. What are you going to do in those few hours? This is, you want to maximize every second. Whatever you're going to do in truth will work in those hours. Quick, one, two, three, go. You only have a few hours to get anything you want done while you're plugged, while the world is plugged into truth. Nature is plugged into truth. So what do we do? We said, well, we're Jewish. And our whole purpose cannot be fulfilled. We'll never really get anywhere in life unless the land of Israel belongs to us. If we're not grounded in our home, feeling home, feeling connected to everything that gives us life and satisfaction in our who we are, we're just going to be going in circles all our lives. Let's make sure we conquer the land of Israel. That's the main thing. If we do that, everything will fall into place. So that's what we did in those few hours. In fact, Yeshua chose it so carefully. He said, while we are here doing nothing other than fighting to conquer the land of Israel, that's when I'm going to pull the plug. That's when God is whispering in my ear, pull the plug now, pull the plug now, pull the plug now. And that's what he did. The parallel to, to today is, that's exactly this year. Tafshin Samach. Pull the plug now. Pull the plug now. Purim came along. In, right, Purim in New York, at least, in, you know, the Daladamas of the Rebbe. And it seems like Hashem whispered, somehow, pull the plug now. Pull the plug on the world of nature, business, education, we're, uh, prayer, learning. Pull every plug. Pull the plug. Because right now, nature has, for a long time, getting tougher and tougher. Nature has been plugged into the world of lies. It's getting crazier and crazier. I, you know, I might have such and such a relationship with my sister. You wouldn't know it from the way we look on Instagram. Sure looks perfect. So nobody's going to reach out to us and say, can we help you guys to kind of, you know, look perfect on Instagram. My whole life is plugged into an Instagram Instagram view of life, which is not a real, the whole thing is getting crazier and crazier. So Hashem says, pull the plug now. And for a few weeks, 11 holy weeks, the plug of nature was pulled out from the world of lies, plugged into the world of truth. And then came Shavuot, and came Matim And then, however we understand, that's the next phase after that. That's the next phase. So it's the same thing as Yehoshua in that time. And it's all for the purpose of ultimately getting to the point where God says, you know how I created nature to conceal me and to tell a lie about me? You know how I created nature to do a good job to say, God, what are you talking about? There's no such thing as God. You know how I created nature to say that message? That's only... Age two, age one. That's only an interim step. It's only a means to the end. That isn't the true conversation that I want nature to have. That isn't the true reason for nature. I, God, created nature to express my presence so powerfully 
that every molecule of existence declares declares me, and life, every single person feels vibrant, alive, nurtured, nourished, joyous, purposeful. Life comes to life. Life comes to life. Nature sings the praises of truth, and all of a sudden, we come to life and say, wow, all those centuries, we thought that was called living. You know, like Rabbi Monastrian said, what we did before, what we did before Corona, we thought that was life. You serious? That was life? That was not life. That was not, that was insanity. That was not life. So God is coming along and saying, the way we've come to, the nature is at the point now where this is not life. True life is when you're expressing truth. Not truth that you should express. Your very, every molecule in you sings with joy because you come to life. Every molecule of the, of the world of nature comes to life and sings and dances. And, and everything changes. All the shoulds are gone. It's delicious. It's a feeling of, of, of desire and wanting to, be, to live, to feel life. That will happen when nature is on board to sing the praises of truth. But it, it has to come through us working it over. It's a long process. It goes through many stages. And Gimel Tammuz then, that very first Gimel Tammuz, was the original template that activated this process. So that when Yahushua went back to, you know, I guess he probably pulled the plug back out and put it back into the other socket. We went back to normal life. The morning came. We had, I guess, won the battle enough to be able to take the next step. And the land of Israel became ours somewhat. Not fully, but somewhat. We, we got through the battle. We did what we had to do. We defeated them at that point. So mission accomplished a little bit. But that's, that's the more external. Did, so did the whole thing work? piece of Israel, that's not where you can see what really happened. The, the, the proof of whether Yeshua's Gimel Tamos, stopping all of nature, worked or not, you can't really see it by looking at the world. You look at the world and say, yeah, so we conquered a piece of Israel, yeah, so we're on our way. You're not going to see it there. The only place you're going to see whether it worked is by learning deep Hasidus. Because that's the only place it's visible. There we see an entirely different picture of how nature was defunded. Nature, which was being funded by the world of lies, it was defunded. It was disconnected from the world of lies. It would never be the same again. It, it would no longer be fed by the world of lies to the same extent. There would still be a very long battle from the time of Yeshua until now, until full Geula. There's a long battle. There are many, many, many stages to it. But if not for Gimel Tammuz at that moment, disconnecting itself from the world of lies, every, it would be impossible. It was a major chunk. So, I want to stop for comments. So we realize that when it comes to our Gimel Thomas, this there are many pieces of what Gimel Thomas is all about. This is one huge piece. It is the template through which the nature of nature is reset, rebooted. And the fact that in this year, we went through the same thing. It's almost like, just picture it. 
all the poor, imagine if, this picture, picture, it sounds absurd, but picture this. Imagine that um, everybody was at their Purim party, and then somebody comes in dressed like Yahushua, right? Purim. And he stands up and he says, Shemesh begivan dying. Sun stands still. And somehow there's this whole group of guys who they every, they all go to Purim parties and all around the world, you know, there are Purim parties, but especially because for here it was, we, we this whole thing started for us on Purim. So they go to all the Purim parties and they dress up as Yeshua and everybody says, oh, that's okay, God, oh, he's dressed up as Yeshua. And then he does the part, Shemesh begivan dying. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, everybody in Tanakh. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, you see, and everybody takes a picture and they send it out on COL. And they send it out on Instagram, and it's so cute, it's so cute, it's so cute. Maybe it really happened. Maybe Yahushua really was. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. So to speak, as if Yahshua was at every forum party, saying, Shemesh be given done, nature, sun and moon, and all the constellations, nature, stand still for pulling the plug. Because after that, the plug got pulled. Pulled out everything in our lives. Someone did it. Didn't just happen by itself. Come on. You want to tell me that a virus can do something so holy? A virus cannot do something so holy. It's an excuse. Got to close it in nature. It's called a virus. So that seems to be what happened. And so our question is, if Gimel Tamas is the template, we're approaching Gimel Tamas. It's almost like the whole, from Purim to Gimel Tamas, from Purim to Yudbeis Tamas, it's all one Gimel Tamas. We're not even discussing the whole thing of the life of the Rebbe, etc. We're just talking about the idea of nature. We're in one expanded Gimel Tamas, where everything is being rebooted. So then we ask ourselves, you know, Gimel Thomas, well, today's Rosh Chodesh, Gimel Thomas is this week. Um, I bet that Gimel Thomas is going to be times a million. You know, the actual 24 hours of Gimel Thomas is going to be such a reboot. You know, whoa. <laughs> Make sure you get enough sleep the night before. It's going to be wild and, and, and crazy. Most probably... What do you think is going to happen? It's going to be firecracker, fireworks all over the street. We already have it. What do you think? Like, at the, at the, at the risk of sounding really weird, I don't know. You know, we, we certainly have the uh, fireworks celebration to accompany this reboot of nature, don't we? You know, hey, well, whole night, they're up on the street celebrating that Gimel Thomas and Yudbeis Thomas are coming. <laughs> What, what, they're not going to sit and learn my mom, so they they set off firecrackers. Okay, the fact that we can't sleep, it's another issue. Now, again, we don't know. If you stop somebody on the street and say, hey, yo, man, why are you doing firecrackers? He's not going to say, hey, yo, man, Shemesh Begivon, yo, man. He's not going to say that, quite honestly. Yo, man, Gimel Thomas, good days, Thomas, man. You don't know, man? What's wrong with you, man? You're not reading the holy book, man? He's not going to say that. Whatever they think their reasons are for the firecrackers, maybe. Just to make trouble? Hard to believe. So, you know, they're, 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 they're celebrating. Yo, man, it's a holiday. Yo, man, you don't know that? Not been reading the Holy Scriptures, man. So, this is it. So, we want to ask ourselves, for us, if this is the reboot, well, what, where do I want to fit into this reboot of nature? I might go to Rite Aid because they have sunscreen on sale and forget that I'm there for a holy purpose. I I go to Rite Aid and I think I went there because they have a sale and then I come home and say, oh, right. Oh, I forgot it. <laughs> right? We're all in the same boat. I'm also fooled by the, the lies of the world. I mean, I'm also. <laughs> we're all fooled. We're all fooled by the lives of the world. Do we want to ask ourselves, just like Yahushua must have probably asked Hashem, asked God, 
okay, there's going to be a reboot to nature. What do you need me to do? I'm part of this. I'm a huge piece of this. It's not rebooting on its own. Yeshua understood. Nature is not going to reboot on its own. It's not like you go to sleep and your computer reboots on its own. You don't do anything. You sleep. Our computers do that. But the world will not reboot from no consciousness of God in nature to full consciousness of God in nature. The world will not reboot without us. Like we want to ask God, okay, so, wow, Jumotama, the reboot of nature. What, what part do you want me to do? And each of us has our little piece or big piece. It feels little. It's chunked down so it feels like, oh, all you have to do is walk to the corner and do this. But usually these tiny pieces, there is no little piece, are massive. They're just, they're broken down into small chunks so they feel small. And and what it all has to do, and maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow, The I think we'll talk about it tomorrow, the year 5780. Why is this happening? Yeah, let's do that tomorrow. 5780, what's that all about? But I would say then, that that's what we, I think, that is what the, the Sikha, the Rebbe is begging us to notice this demand of nature that it wants to be rebooted. And in fact, if the fact that we saw chaos on the street right after the the rebooting of, of, of quarantine means all of nature is reacting and saying the old world order is not Good. Need the reboot. So, I'm going to ask for comments. Okay. So, Yehi Rasen, may it be that this Gimultano should be the complete million percent rebooting of nature so that it becomes fully, fully, fully alive. Fully live nature that expresses truth so powerfully, that permeates us so powerfully that we be, that we are a part of and become a part of so powerfully that life becomes obviously geula that all of nature sings the praises of God of truth of life and love and, and and all of that stuff and that life becomes fully fully vibrant in the gula mitzvah and it should be immediately now.